Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome back to episode 30 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. Our guest today is Shannon Tinkin. Shannon is owner of Green Diaper Babies. She just had her 10-year anniversary, which is super exciting. Her business is located in the West Town neighborhood of Chicago. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're very welcome. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and then the age and if you're comfortable with the name of your child? Sure. Yeah. So like Lisa said, my name is Shannon Tinkin and my business is Green Diaper Babies, a cloth diaper service um, here in Chicago. My daughter was born in February, so she'll be 10 months here shortly. Wait, eight months. (laughs) Um, And her name is Rosalie. Oh, that's a really sweet name. Is that a family name or just something that you all liked? Her middle name is after her grandmother, so it's Rosalie May, but Rosalie was just a name that we both agreed upon and liked for girls. Yeah, I I think it's really nice, and it's not one that I hear all the time. It's still got the, like, the old woman, you know, cred, right? But that, like, the the, the established name, let's say, but also, like, something a little bit different. Thanks. Well, so far with a 10-year-old, if you had to describe your parenting style, what would it be? So- Or 10 months old, sorry. Yeah, she's, she's young. So it's, I was thinking about this question in advance. I, I think that I am loose, but partner with a structured um, parent. So I've kind of adapted structure, but that's not natural to me in a way. Um, And what that means is like, I stay at home with her primarily and run the business. Um, So my partner's out of the house. So I, stretch nap times based on my schedule. Whereas like he would encourage us to have, you know, regular nap time twice a day. Um, so I'm blending my parenting style, but, um, I tend to be very nurturing, very like spend all my time with her, hold her forever if I could, but we also like do put her in her crib. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to make a correction. She's actually eight months old. So I'm sorry about yes. that. Okay. No, you're fine. We, Thanks, Lisa. We've both done the math on this a couple of times and have gotten it wrong this morning. Um, without disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? Yeah, I'm a millennial. Okay. And as a millennial, will you would you describe how you're parenting so far as similar or different than how you were parented? Mm. It's really hard because she's so little. Right. Yeah. I haven't had an opportunity to do that many things. Um, I would say it's different um, in the senses of my uh, generationally, it's just impossible, in my opinion, to have even a lot of the same stuff because, you know, in the 90s, parents could leave their kids. I lived on acreage. I didn't live in the city. And so playing outside without my parents was something I did all the time. And I just don't foresee that being as much of an option in the city. I will be with her most of her playtime. So um, that's something I want to imagination and play without adults is something I want to cultivate. But I know will be a lot harder in my age group, but also in the city than my childhood. Um, I think parentally wise, my parents were far more obedience is like probably the highest importance. Like you will obey me honor me. Um, and I don't think that that is as much of a value in the sense that like, I don't want my kids to run wild, but purely obedience for obedience sake would not be probably my main mission statement. 
um, which I think represents my parents a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, in most of the preschools, if you wind up sending her to preschool, they wind up being play-based anyway. Like that's just the way that they are. So I think you'll be able to find plenty of, you know, uh, opportunities for that, maybe without like the wide open spaces as much, which is, you know, kind of what you're, I- I'm sure comparing it to, um, is your plan to stay in the city? Like, is there no plan to move at this point? That's right. Yeah. My husband, um, works here in the city kind of, uh, necessitates a city job, if you will, mm-hmm. um, which we feel pretty confident about. And we both love Chicago. I've been here for a decade as has he. So, so far, no plans to move. We just bought right. our first condo last year. So we'll be here for a bit. Yeah. I really liked being a parent in the city. I mean, like navigating the schools in the city was a little tricky. I mean, I think that was the hardest part of parenting, honestly, but it was neat to like, you know, take them to school on the train. And I had lived there for 20 years and my husband had lived there for 30 years by the time that we left. And so, yeah, it's just, a it's, it's a very enriching experience. Like I, one time my brother described it where like, you know, sometimes you sit on the bus and you're just confronted with things that like make you uncomfortable and you have to learn how to sit in that, you know, with other people and other things that are going on. And I always thought that those were important lessons. And hopefully having had my son there until he was about 10, he will remember that like as a base. Yeah. I think he does. Cause there's times where he'll be like, well, mom, I'm from Chicago. I mean, you know, like he'll <laughs> still say that, which is really funny. And we've only been gone That's like awesome. 18 months, but to me, I'm like, God, is he already forgetting it? But he truly is not. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I think it's a unique experience. I, the, like the other day I met up with a mom and we just strolled through Lincoln Park Zoo, which, you know, is just an amazing free resource amongst so many. Yes. And, you know, it's a unique opportunity. Yeah. And even though it's not the most stroller friendly, I love their gazebos there. Like in the winter, you can go somewhere with the baby. If you can, you can usually get parking pretty close to there. And then, it's, and then it's just this great, like, dose of humidity too, which is so nice. Totally. And the kids love it. Awesome. Yeah. And no, Chicago, Chicago Botanical Garden too is another one. And that one's super stroller friendly. And that's a okay. great place to meet up, super easy parking. And yeah, it's just like you walk in and you're like, and it just feels like you're in the tropics in, you know, February. I love that. That's awesome. Which is really nice. Can you describe the work that you do for those that may not understand how you help new families? Oh yeah, sure. So Green Diaper Babies is a modern diaper service. So what that means is we provide all the diapers, all of the delivery and like laundry and process of a baby's diapering life. So we primarily focus on a reusable diaper, which is a cloth diaper. We wash it, we fold it, we give it back. Um, But we also offer a compostable diaper called Nest. Um, And so families who want to interchange or use some disposable, some cloth, or even just use like a a monthly disposable program. it's a monthly subscription. So you become like a subscriber to us and we deliver on a weekly basis, clean, fresh diapers. And just in super general terms, what is your service area? Cause I know you service outside of Chicago, the city we proper. Do. Yeah, right. We have the city proper, but we also are really stretching far North to almost the border to Wisconsin. So like your Mundelein's Libertyville North, um, Northwest, we go out fairly far Barrington, even to like Crystal Lake, West, we go to Batavia, St. Charles, basically, wow. uh, Naperville. Yeah, so we kind of have that huge, if you drew a big circle around the Metroplex, mm-hmm. we're going to it. And then what about like the Southwest suburbs? Like where? Yeah, we don't go into Northwest Indiana. So that kind okay. of 
Right. Our do you go out line. to like Orland Park? Do you go out that far? We do. We do wow. have family okay. in Orland Park. Yep. And then okay. down to like Beverly, we've had some families down there. And then obviously, you know, South Side, South Loop, um, Hyde Park. Okay. And what is your favorite thing about the work you do? Mm. Um, being a small business owner is probably my favorite part. While I love cloth diapers and the impact of like 2 million diapers not being in the landfills over, um, and those numbers just feeling so impactful over the years, I've really enjoyed getting to know employees, like having team members come through and cultivating a team. I am a relational person. And so that expands out to my customers as well. Um, so I like that our business can be for people mostly. Um, and I get to share my passions with my employees. They get to share them with our customers. Um, and it just feels like a ripple effect of good people, um, which makes me feel really happy and proud. Do you tend, like, why are people attracted to working at your business? Is it the environmental piece or they're like, actually, is it more multifaceted than that? I would actually say it is probably the environmental piece because none of them, uh, there's one who is like a parent who's actually diapered a baby. All of them um, are non-parents and found the business for the mission of, of green, um, trying to do something that's better for the world. Um, in a way that also fits their lifestyle. So I would say my company um, helps other people live their best life and passion. So a lot of my staff actually is like multi-talented. So like in a circus or like a comedian or working on being a therapist. Um, and then they kind of use Green Diaper Babies as a regular income, but also like right. their mission. So you provide stability for them financially, but also you use provide the oomph that they may not get from, let's say like being a comedian, right? Like we're like, you're great at what you do, but you may need a little bit something more like on a personal level. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah. What is the biggest challenge with the work that you do? Mm. Um, uh, there's probably two. The first is running a business in Chicago is hard. <laughs> like I think Chicago is a silly city with a lot of red tape. So sometimes that can be a real hindrance to feeling successful or feeling kind of like not sure what your next step is strategically um, because it's it's a big place and it can be difficult for small business owners. But on the flip side, there's such a great, robust culture of small business support, which I have definitely tapped into being in an incubator for a good portion of the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um the other part I would say is just on an educational standpoint. You're we're going kind of against a cultural norm by using cloth diapers. So people in the 70s or before were very familiar with cloth. Cloth diapering today is still something you kind of have to debunk myths about, right? They're more messy, they're super difficult. I have to dunk them in the toilet, things like that are, are kind of hard educationally to overcome. Um, but modern cloth diapering is not at all like it was in the sixties. It just is difficult to kind of convince folks or even make them aware that that's an option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we registered, we, I was just, I had a client this week who is cloth diapering. She has her own. And I was telling the baby when she ran to go get another diaper that we needed, um, how like, you know, we had registered for cloth diaper for like the little spray nozzle that went like on the toilet and the different, and we just never got any of it through our registry. 
Yeah. And that became the biggest hindrance for us to actually do it. Cause at the time the services, I don't even remember there being services and this was just before you would have started. And I feel like I met you just probably just a couple of years later, you right, know, but right. it really is such a change. But then I remember having clients in the city all the time and then they would, you know, they would always have like the bag for the old diapers or the new diapers would be prominently on display with the green diaper baby, the green baby's diapers. Um, with the logo. And I'd be like, Oh, you, you know, Shannon, she's great. You know? And they'd be like, Oh my God, it's fabulous. And this is so easy. And, you know, and then I always be like, yeah, we really wanted to, we didn't blah, blah, blah. So I do yeah. think that, that like mission really, you know, does translate like on the environmental piece, but I think that you have something special because of how relationship focused you are not only mm -hmm. like with other business owners, but also like with your clients where they're so happy to support what you're doing, yeah. you know? is more Thank than just you. the cause, but also supporting you. Yeah, I try to, that's definitely something I've tried to build into the culture from the start. Like when I began the business, I would meet with all the families one-on-one -on -one. that became unsustainable over time, unfortunately. And I can't like do house calls, but, um, it definitely is a tenant of our culture to know our families, whether it's handwritten birthday cards or, you know, Christmas interactions or, um, knowing when people are potty training and celebrating that milestone with them. Um, we definitely talk every week about our families as a team. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a big part of who we are to kind of know who's with us um, because we are thankful. We're thankful for them, right? We can't make an impact without them. So mm -hmm. it's a multi, it's, it's definitely a two-way street. So being in the birth world um, or birth adjacent or, you know, birth world, um, yes. did you work with a doula or a lactation consultant prenatally or postpartum? Yes. Yeah, we did both. We had a birth doula um, with us and that was really helpful. And then postpartum, I did work with a lactation consultant quite a bit um, because of my biology. I don't mm -hmm. have a lot of... Um, great feeding option from uh, my biology. So it was difficult. Um, so I definitely needed a lot of support from lactation, which my um, family physician clinic offered, but then I also uh, used one who came to my home. Yeah. Yeah. The home visit does make a big difference. Cause I would have a lot of people that, you know, I know there were certain practices that always had the lactation consultant, but it was tricky. Like it wasn't as right. long or they just didn't get the good explicit instructions. Like make sure you don't feed the baby. <laughs> Right. Or make sure the baby's hungry. So then it's like, well, yeah, I went to it, but like the baby wasn't hungry and then they didn't even observe a feeding. And then it's like, oh, you know, so all those Absolutely. little things that like, you know, having been a new parent, you remember how much you forget. I mean, I still forget stuff anyway. Right. But like, so, you know, it's very important to give these very simple, explicit instructions, you know, and I still have clients now if I'm coming for a follow-up, even if we're just going to talk about return to work and pumping and it's like, well, you know, do you want me to wait to feed the baby? And I'm like, well, it depends on what you want on the visit, but you know, they right. remember like, oh, there's an expectation with this visit, which I think is totally. you know, super important. Did you always want to be a parent? I did. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a mom. Um, I'm really grateful it's it's now and I hope to have more children, but yeah, it's been definitely a lifelong um, hope and desire. And do you, um, what is the biggest challenge with your parenting right now um, of your eight month old? Hmm. 
I mean, I'm assuming she's on the move a little bit. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say that that probably is it, even though it feels very exciting and like developmentally normal. Um, And I'm so proud of her. Like she's already pulling up and like, I do think we'll have probably a walker shortly. Um, I have a lot of plants. And so I think the biggest challenge is um, how, where do you put plants? Because plants need sun. Um, and I don't have infinity, you know, shelves bordering all my ceilings. So I'm having trouble, Mm -hmm. um, working around a lot of fiddly figs and big leaf palms Mm -hmm. that I don't know. They're all floor plants, um, how to coach her through that. She can learn, but redirecting is primarily what I have to do all day long. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Well, and you know, the walking piece is a little bittersweet. I mean, it's exciting, right? But then it's also like, oh, but now you're walking away from me. You know, like I always feel like there's always this, you know, like we're, we get so excited about the milestones, but every milestone is just a little teeny tiny bit of a, you know, just kind of like a, oh, geez, yes. but you're never going to be the one that doesn't move or I can't just put you here anymore when I have to have a meeting and, you know, wow, this is going to get really tricky pretty soon. And- <laughs> yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Have you made new mom friends specifically since becoming a parent? Have you had those opportunities? Yeah, it's very interesting. I actually, I think being in the mom industry, if you will, or birth baby, I've been, um, you know, my clients are moms. A lot of my language or learnings have been with moms, my networking. Most of the time I'm like, I'm not a mom but everyone I'm networking with would be a mom in the space. Um, So it's been interesting to actually now be a mom. I have like more confidence in making those mom relationships. It's not that moms don't want to be friends with women who don't have kids. Certainly not. I have felt so received by a lot Mm -hmm. of that, but Mm -hmm. just having a baby on my arm somehow has opened up relational doors to the next level Um, which I'm really grateful for. I've found um, a lot of joy in just kind of being able to schedule mom dates instead, you know, that like our babies are, are now topics that we're both talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I can reflect back and see the hardship of women who don't have kids participating Mm -hmm. with, you know, women who do have kids. Right. And that's still a lot of my friends. Um, I'm kind of the first of a lot of my friend group to have a child. So I can be sensitive to that. But I feel like I now can also be more a part of family lives of women that I haven't as been as close to. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely opened up new friendships, but it's maybe complicated some other ones. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And you're still in the throes of like, it's so life altering. Yes, like, you know, absolutely. it's it's not like this is just life now. You know what I mean? It is. But it's also like it is so, you know, the baby has to sleep. The baby has to eat. There is not a lot of flexibility with those things. And so, you know, I can see where that could be hard. But, you know, things do kind of come back around and you do wind up finding that, like, you haven't changed. So, like, the things you had in common with those other people that don't have kids are fine. It's more of just being able to feel comfortable with making the space in your life and having the time to for those relationships, you know? 
Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely changing my um, expectations of when we hang out or how we hang out, how we connect is, you know, evenings are different now and, you know, all the things. So I've enjoyed yeah. trying to find new ways. And I do think I've had re really supportive um, people who have been able to kind of fit in the new schedule of my life. Yeah. I do look forward to having kind of the return of a normal season and not the life altering season, but it never will, it never will go back. And I think that that, um, I only experienced a little bit of postpartum anxiety. Um, and I do think I'm kind of through most of that, the throes of that, but I think about how, you know, your life has changed so much. Like you can never go back and undo or go back to, mm -hmm not constantly being needed essentially mm -hmm. um which can be so intense and such a huge um almost heavy feeling mm -hmm. um and i'm grateful that i kind of because i desired it so much and i've been able to wrestle with how much that has changed me it feels like i am evolving into a new version of me rather than fighting to get my old version back so I think it kind of reconciles into a little bit more daily joy, even though it's totally different than the life I've had. What surprises you the most about being a parent, like the type of parent that you are? Like, have you learned anything about yourself that you're like, oh, I didn't think I would be quite like this. And wow, I'm surprised I am. I'm surprised that I don't um, wake up really early. Like she sleeps till seven and I just thought I was going to like immediately be like, I'm awake in the morning and I just love being a mom. And you know, I don't know, it's some, it's probably very silly that that would be my expectation because I've never been a morning person, <laughs> but I thought my, that my hormones would just change. It would me. all change. Yeah. <laughs> and it hasn't changed. <laughs> right. What do you miss the most about? Shannon 1.0 before, you know, mm -hmm. before you were a parent, these are actually some of the questions I used to ask in mom's group. So this is kind of fun to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, hmm. Probably it has to do with my partner mostly, but I would say the topics of our conversations have shifted a lot. Mm -hmm. And that is something I miss. Like my, my husband and I, we just, we both are really big chatters. We don't watch a lot of TV um, but now we kind of talk about like nap philosophy or like it, how, what kind of parenting we're going to be instead of like debating politics or like talking about yeah. the world or discovering, you know, our latest yeah. interests. So that probably I miss because I don't flex those self interest things very often. It's mostly content learning for parenting. <laughs> well, and it feels more state of the union, you know, than just like casual fun. It's like, well, yesterday you said that this was your philosophy and how could you change? And you know, like, I can that imagine. That is so true. It is. It gets dicey. So I am looking forward to like maybe a level of every, uh, you know, babies are constantly evolving. So when you settle in on something, oh, we're going to drop a nap. Oh, she now, no, you know, now doesn't want to do this, wants to do this. So it's constantly changing, but maybe past this like very intense season of change and development, um, we'll get back to those more fun conversations. <laughs> yes. As we enter into another election year, right? Oh boy. Yep. There you go. So, so far, what is your most embarrassing parenting moment? 
Ooh, um, <laughs> well, luckily with an eight-month-old, they can't do too much that doesn't warrant mostly smiles from other people. Oh. Um, at least with Rosalie, she is quite obsessed with people looking at her. So she will actually just like stalk people for their smile. Um, yeah, I don't know if I've been embarrassed too many times because she... She's really amicable and mm -hmm. I've flown with her a couple of times and she mostly just enjoys um, being with other people. I haven't had any poop explosion. That's probably because of the cloth diapers. Um, <laughs> blowouts tend to not be a thing. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So that's a good selling point for your, your business. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, we you should be making means no more blowouts. No. No, yeah, and and definitely like I've done disposables even as the owner of my company. You know, we've traveled or whatever, and they are messier, which has been like a great confirmation of a tenant of something I've sold for so long. But to actually mm -hmm. experience it myself, no. Well, yeah, I mean they're probably not as absorbent, and they're definitely not as wide, right? Right. No, and then they're not going to be as long. So if it does come up the back or something. Yeah. It's going to be a hot mess. Absolutely. <laughs> Since you're in the throes of being a very new parent, what do you see as the biggest trend right now in like that comes th to you? Like the question is, what do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? But since you're kind of in the throes of like the newness of it all, um, what do you see that, you know, that you've struggled with or that you've noticed like, oh, I absolutely must do this, or I have to do this, or, Ooh, I get so much, you know, through social media or whatever about this, but I don't really know how I feel about that. I, I try, I'm not very fashion forward. So I don't like my husband and I are pretty closet minimalists and like, don't wear a lot of, uh, we don't shop a lot. And I kind of, kind of feel the pressure to shop a lot for my child or like, dress her with bows and like have her outfits all match and like take really beautiful pictures of her so that everybody can see them. But I don't, neither my husband and I post on social media. Like we, and I, we don't really consume a lot of social media. Um, so it is kind of this, like I, when she's at home with me, she's in just what I would consider to be a normal outfit. But when I go out, I feel kind of this pressure to like, make sure at the store, people know that she's a girl and not a boy or like make hmm. her outfits coordinate. I don't know why that's kind of a, I don't know where maybe that trend is coming from other than the world in general is really consumeristic and kind of, there's always something cute to wear, especially mm -hmm. for babies. <laughs> um, and I'm sure you've gotten things from people where it's like, well, this is a good opportunity for them to wear this to Target or wherever we're going, right? Exactly. It, it's fun in some senses, but because it's um, not my strong suit, it feels hard. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So um, for our final question, what is your biggest advice to share with a super brand new postpartum mom right out mm -hmm. of the gate? Like, you know, eight months later, what do you feel like you learned from that, you know, 
first month or two where everything is just so intense and you're really in the throes before you get that true, you know, reciprocal interaction with the baby. And then they're smiling and they're cooing and they're moving their arms and their legs and they're much more like a person. But, the, you know, those those first several weeks that are just so exhausting and you're not getting a whole lot out of that human. <laughs> Absolutely. No, they're, and they're taking everything. Um, probably two things I would say, like, ride your hormonal hormonal waves. Like I really found embracing my, um, crying to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I felt initially like, Oh my gosh, why am I crying so much? Because I am a mother. I'm happy now. Um, and I think like just letting myself be overwhelmed, um, And kind of telling my partner, like, I just need five seconds, you know, to be overwhelmed, um, helped because I think it like shed out of me physically, this process that was happening, which was joy some days and some days, high levels of grief and high levels of anxiety, um, and just like being overwhelmed. So ride the waves and seek help when you need it, um, sooner rather than later. But secondarily, probably like, you can't be on the same page with your partner fully, but try ahead of time to like discuss maybe like how you want your days to look just because you at least sharing an expectation or sharing a need ahead of time um, before everybody is not sleeping can be helpful because Mm -hmm. when there is no sleep, Um, You forget what you need or you say something that you thought you had discussed previously or you expect something before. And it then can be very um, difficult to process that when nobody really has the margin. Right, right. Because the sleep deprivation, you know, really affects people very differently. And, you know, you if you haven't had the practice with your partner or yourself, you know, you don't even know yourself like you know, it's always like fun and games at the beginning, but I feel like it's like weeks, like four and five when people are just like, I just don't know about this. (laughs) I might want to return this baby. Like I'm really, really tired. I'm not getting much from this human. That's why I always joke around and say, that's why they save the smile to five to six weeks. So then you don't return the baby, but you know what I mean? Like, but you're just like, you're so exhausted and like, and you don't know how you're going to react and you don't know how they're going to react. So I think that that is really great advice. You know, Joni Mitchell has this great line in one of her songs that says laughing and crying, you know, it's the same release. And I think that that's totally true. Like, I think that, you know, I, I, I love crying. Like sometimes it's like, I can tell when I'm like filling up and I'm like, you know what, it is time to just shed a tear and let that out. And, you know, and it's, it's funny because, you know, right away people are like, are you okay? Or, you know what I mean? And it's just like, no, I just, I just need to have this moment, you know, like, it's okay. This is me being in touch with my emotions. I'm, you know, my bucket is getting full. Um, And, you know, I always, it's really hard because like when I used to run mom groups, there'd be a lot of tears sometimes. And I would always, I would want to give them a Kleenex because like, I wanted them to know I was supporting them and I wanted to continue, let them continue to cry but right. actually was, you know, told by a therapist that actually though, that might make somebody stop crying because, right. you know, because they feel like you're actually trying to stop them, which is usually not the intention when people do that. So then right. I would find that I would have to sit there and, you know, if somebody's like sobbing in front of me, I'm going to start crying. I have sobbed yeah. in front of clients before that were just sobbing in front of me. Cause there's just no way like, I just yeah. like, yeah. you know, and so 
it's, it's really important to like normalize crying, you know, because it's such a great thing. Now, if you're crying all the time, then that's one thing that's a hard thing. But, you know, one of the questions I ask is like, well, how often are you crying? And I, we had to, you know, change that wording during the pandemic when we were doing things online and stuff like that. But I've stuck with that because I think it's nice to say, I expect that you're crying. How often are you still crying? That's yeah, no, I think that's a great, cause I, I think being postpartum, unfortunately I also had a major life event right before her birth with my mother-in-law passing away. Oh, um, so there was that. a major wave of grief right. uh, hitting at the same time. So that's a unique experience to my, you know, immediate postpartum journey, but I think it actually, it did help, you know, and, and it, then I didn't think this would ever change. So having somebody check in on me and say, how often are you still crying validated that I would and did, but also it was, you know, this like holding of space and holding of hope that it would decrease. And I, and that's what I would say did happen. Um, and it wasn't like, I can't even look back and say what day it changed or how old she mm-hmm. was when it really changed. I just had people that said, I'll be with you and it will change. And one day you'll cry less. And that's true. I did stop crying at one point and right. cry less. Well, and it's just a very subtle thing where it's like, oh, oh wait a minute, you know, oh, I guess I haven't cried totally. for a while, you know, where it's not like, you're just sitting there like, oh my God, I'm not crying. This is amazing. And, you know, and I always like to tell people if I see them early enough that around day 10, there's a huge hormonal switch. And so I usually mm-hmm. will say to the partner, you know, like if they're not being themselves, it's okay. Let's just see, make sure that they go back to their baseline after that, yeah. you know? Um, but, you know, but I also like to get them involved too, because they're just sitting there like, I don't know who this person is and I'm exhausted and I can't, I don't know how to deal with this. And, you know, and so just to kind of normalize like all those things for everybody, um, I think is super important. I also like to ask the partners about their birth experience. And, you know, sometimes I get, I get a look from the mom, like, what did he do? (laughs) Or I get, you know, an eye roll, like, oh God, you know, or genuinely they look at them and are like, Oh yeah. You know? And I'm always like, well, and usually they're like, oh, it's fine. You know, I wasn't doing anything. And it's like, well, you had two people that worry about though, you know? And I always feel like had I not seen my own husband go through it, you know, you become a, a partner becomes a parent in a second, you know, like we have been, you know, losing sleep, changing our sleep habits, growing a human, growing, you know, our, our feeding, you know what I mean? We've been doing all these subtle changes over such a long time to prepare for this baby. Um, and they can see movement and kicking and stuff like that, but I really, it's, it's gotta be very surreal in one second to make that switch. Absolutely. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I'm, I'm, I am grateful. My mom came, um, day three and stayed for a week, um, which we desperately needed. And I think when she looked at us both, cause I really had trouble feeding Rosalie. So leaving my husband's experience at the hospital was actually probably equally to mine different, but mm-hmm. difficult because we had an inconsolable baby because I didn't know what was going on breastfeeding wise. Um, and that then he was in charge of consoling uh, impossibly to console child because she was hungry, but neither of us were really educated or supported how we should have been. Um, and so when my mom just like bore witness to him, 
I think he, that's when he kind of broke down and was like, I do need to be seen. Um, and then he he was able to rest and kind of recognize that like, yeah, I went through a journey, but like he also did. And I think that was really helpful. And then realizing like we can move forward together because his experience also was super difficult and valid. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom was able to kind of help that for both of us. Cause I certainly had no space for him in right. the way that he needed, you know? Right. So. Well, and even if you have like, you know, one person's had a cesarean and now the other person is responsible for all baby care. And that wasn't what yeah. they were expecting walking in the gate. And they haven't even had a moment to think because they're yeah. like the machine, you know? And, yeah. and it's, Right, because it does lend like such an independence and they have their own bond. And then we worry about the other person actually feeling like they're not having the bond. And you know, there's all the things, right? But totally. it also is like super important just I think to validate the experience that the family is having. You know, totally. everybody, you know, even talking to the baby, how are you? You know, did you land in a nice home? Are these people being nice to you? You know, and they'll usually make a face and you know, like, but just, you know, just trying to get people just to be like, okay, we're all going through this experience together, you know? Yeah. Um, But those few first few weeks are pretty rough. Yeah. I would definitely do it again. Like it's, it's amazing how I can know full well, how difficult it was. And then also be like, I would do it again. You yes. know, it's yes. a very weird thing our brains are able to do. And I know babies are cute for that reason. You know, right. we want to love them because they're just so adorable. But um, yeah, no, it would, it was wild. And it, it, ten- it's, it boggles my mind how actually the parenting thing that I like that's on trend now is we talk about it more. <laughs> exactly. In a way, and I mean, obviously culturally so much has shifted into mm-hmm. our the way that we can talk about things now what but also how isolated we are so we have to talk about things sure culturally and in other cultures um not in the western world there's villages where these kinds of conversations and supports are built in so we have to find support in a more modern way but you know there definitely was probably like the 2000s and certainly my parents, I don't think they didn't have the village and they didn't have the communication and the open conversations that we have now. So Mm -hmm. I like, if we're not going to go back fully to like the village model, because we're all living independently from our families and you know, there's all that, um, globalization of the world. At least we have the open conversations and are really trying to be more intentional to help each other out. Well, and maybe that's one of the gifts of the pandemic is that like you can do a video conference like we are now, even if you're not living by that person and you can have a great conversation and you can also have the expectation that if somebody needs to talk, it could be a phone call or a video chat. And it's not the same as, you know, being in the next hut, but it is, you know, reaching out and that normalcy, like we, we were all used to doing things online. And having to do things online because we needed to connect with other people to do it. Yeah. Whether it was our family, right. For, you know, like emotional reasons and our friends, or it was professionally because we had to keep this train moving somehow or for Mm -hmm. our children or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely gonna, it's here to stay. And I think finding um, a place to be friends and have a relationship with definitely has made parenting easier. Yes. People always make it a lot easier. 
Well, we are out of time. Thank you for joining us for episode 30 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you to our guest, Shannon Tilkin, owner of Green Diaper Babies. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Lisa.